really is now a Friday afternoon. Dennis Stewart, uh, Health Naturally on the way. And good afternoon, Dennis. You've got a nice topic for us today. Well, look, I thought we'd talk about um, herbalism. Of course, we talk about that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought we might today look at it from a more general perspective. Uh, What is herbalism? What is its role in the modern world? Does it have a role in the modern world? Many antagonists would say that in the modern world, uh, herbal medicine or herbalism is outdated. It has no place. It's an embarrassment. Well, I think we should look at uh, herbalism and see some of its distinctive characteristics. Tanya at Wallsend, you've got an underactive thyroid for Dennis today. Yes, I do. I was born with an underactive thyroid. And you are taking thyroxin, are you, Tanya? Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's the matter with that? I just didn't know if there was something else and needed to be supplementing it. No. With with it to sort of assist it. You read lots of mm. stories about kelp and iodine. You you should be very cautious in interfering with thyroid uh, medication and thyroid functioning. Uh, Underactive thyroid is very, very well managed with... Um, thyroxin and your doctor would have your uh, readings done regularly and so long as your thyroid function is when the ex- within yep. the acceptable band just relax thyroxin is is a great medication and i would not see anything in this system of medicine um, being able to compete with it all right perfect so is there an all-round general herbal mixture or tonic that you suggest that we should should take daily just to for well-being? If you're a young woman, obviously, you you really don't need to see that you need to take uh, anything to maintain your well-being if you are a healthy person. I have said on this uh-huh. I have said on this program frequently, um, food is your best medicine. We should never uh-huh. e- we should never ever ever see supplements, whether they be vitamins, minerals, or herbal, uh, taking the place of a well-based diet and if your diet is well-rounded and uh, you're in good health you do not need uh-huh. you do not need to be spending money on trying to do uh-huh. something that you're already doing yourself with a good diet uh-huh. look at your diet uh-huh. make sure you're eating well and that should be the basis you don't need to be filling yourself up with supplements if you don't need them all right perfect all right, thanks, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much, Tanya. Does that does that mean like pies and sausage rolls and pizzas, Dennis? Um, look, there's no, nothing no. the matter with a pie or a sausage roll, believe it or not. And put a full stop at the end of that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Good afternoon, Hope. Uh, you've got some questions for Dennis today. Yes, hi Dennis. I'm just ringing to find out. Um, I've had a, a bad a sore toe from di- yeah. um, diabetes, type two. Yes. Um, it's actually um, it was a um, pressure mark. They said it started off with my shoes, yes. but I've been on five lots of um, antibiotics, antibiotics yes. and the first lot did nothing. Yes. I went to the foot clinic and, and they did a swab, and I'm on a new lot of antibiotics. Yes. Yes. I've taken the first dose of those, and it's just starting to clean now. Is it ulcerating? My, it, what, no, it was like a black spot. Okay, okay. Well, that's a pretty sinister sign, actually, because uh, black spots usually indicate a, a, a developing infection, and particularly if you're diabetic, you realise there are problems with infections in the feet and toes. It's good. Yes, it's, it's good. It is really good that your um, that this antibiotic is working for you, and I would not encourage you to to deviate from that, obviously, but. But there's a couple of things 
that I would suggest you, you take on board that would not conflict with what you're doing. Um, you should run past your GP what I'm going to recommend. But right. I would be recommending here um, uh, herbs to start with that promote improved peripheral circulation. And I spoke uh, even last week and the week before on the, the great virtues of the herb ginkgo biloba which I have argued for many, many years based on my knowledge, my prescribing and my lecturing as almost a mandatory herb for diabetics, whether it be type 1 or type 2, because, okay. of the, because of the great benefit that that herb has in maintaining an adequate circulatory function to the extremities. So I'd be really encouraging to do that. The other thing that I would encourage you to do, and in fact stay on this together with the ginkgo, and that is to append to your uh, diet what are known as bioflavonoids. Now, bioflavonoids are usually appended by significant doses of vitamin C. Now, there are, nu okay. there are numerous um, products in the health food store uh, that contain uh, vitamin C and the bioflavonoids, and one bioflavonoid known as rutin, R-U-T-I-N, is renowned for its ability to promote improved circulation to the extremities, lessens varicosity. It also has some immunological benefit. Those couple of things uh, would help you. And the other thing about it is the bioflavonoids uh, have, have a remarkable effect on uh, preventing or lessening the likelihood of developing some of the ocular or eye complications that can sometimes occur in diabetes. So what I would be saying is, look, great that the, the antibiotics are kicking in. Um, yep. Append to it the ginkgo biloba and talk to your doctor, tell him what you're doing, get on to some uh, vitamin C with bioflavonoids. They usually come in the one pack. Okay, so the same, yep, okay. That's what I'd be doing. And, and, um, and, and if, if I were you, um, and uh, I would be staying with the recommendation of the ginkgo vitamin C and the bioflavonoids. Some great advice there. Now, uh, Dennis Ray did uh, place a call a few moments ago from Stockton. He was looking for some suggestions. Uh, he's a bit lethargic after chemo treatment uh -huh. for prostate cancer. Anything okay. you can think of for Ray? Yeah, look, Ray, I could think of nothing better than uh, recommend that you go on to probably one of the most uh, frequently mentioned herbal combinations that I mentioned on this program and that is the, the preparation known as astragalus 8. I, uh, I, I pride myself on the fact that I introduced that combination into Australia probably 25, 30 years ago, gave the first lectures on it at, uh, at a Blackmore seminar, seminar in Sydney, uh, taught it at a postgraduate seminar in uh, Ormond College in Melbourne and went on to develop uh, the first uh, product uh, based on... Uh, um, the eight herbs that um, form the astragalus eight. It's a remarkable recovery remedy and it is used to support uh, an immune system that's been challenged, compromised or stressed and it's remarkable for addressing the fatigue that accompanies so many medical procedures uh, and the good thing about it is it's available, it's not uh, on script 
I could think of nothing better than to suggest that you make a beeline to get some astragalus 8 in liquid or tablet form. Dennis, more calls come in. You're more, yep. more popular today than a pizza parlour on a oh, Friday night. It's because you're here, Mark. It's because you're here. <laughs> I don't think so. You should see him. <laughs> he looks real trendy. <laughs> Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. <laughs> All righty, we are going back to Steve. Now, Steve, you're at Barnsley. Uh, tinnitus question for Dennis. Yeah, good day, Dennis. Hello, Steve. How are you, mate? Good. I've had tinnitus through uh, work, yes. whatever, for yes. a long time. Yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> and I'm just wondering, is there something I can do about that? Okay. Look, uh, tinnitus is not an easy condition to treat, and anyone that tells you that I would have an argument with. But um, there is some hope or prospects in the herb that I've just mentioned a moment ago, and that is in the herb ginkgo biloba. Now, oh, if, right if you are uh, If you are fluent on the net, uh, punch in ginkgo biloba stroke tinnitus, and I think you'll be surprised at the information there is supporting the potential benefit, and I say potential benefit, of a long-term use of the ginkgo. Now, I said to a patient of mine in my rooms at New Lambton only a couple of days ago, the ginkgo tends to be a remedy that needs to be taken long-term before it kicks in. Most, yeah, of the, mate. most of the clinical trials suggest months and months on ginkgo before there is evidence of any benefit. And ginkgo can be used for multiple conditions, quite apart from that which I spoke about a moment ago, peripheral yeah. conditions. But the ginkgo is recommended, is prescribed long-term. It comes in a tableted preparation. Uh, it is the one that I think, in my opinion anyway, would hold the most prospect for addressing this very, very difficult uh, uh, condition. You are regarded as being one of the leading uh, medical herbalists in the English-speaking world, mm. say the notes that you've provided to me today. So, so does Barbara Griggs say in her book on the history of Western herbal medicine. Well, I'm not, I, haven't got her, I haven't got her transcript here. I've got the questions that you've given me. So. True statement. So, look, you've been uh, you know, in professional practice for, yeah, what, 40 yeah. years. Yeah. Um, in your opinion, what are some of the distinguishing factors of herbalism? Look, I think a lot about this topic, but... I think the great thing about herbalism, the most distinguishing characteristic about it, Mark, is that it's tradition. It's tradition. Um, I have nothing, as you know, against uh, modern Western medicine. It's 200-year history or so. Great. We all use it and depend on it. But I have a great regard for the thousands of years of tradition behind herbal medicine, which is a great proof, if you like, of the validity of the system inasmuch that its very existence today says something about its worthwhileness. A tradition, basically, is worthwhile regarding. I'm a great traditionalist, believe it or not. I, I am indeed. That. I believe that. I'm a supporter of the monarchy. I'm a great traditionalist. <laughs> <laughs> and tradition, in my opinion, is something that is in danger of being lost in the modern world. I think it's very sad. But herbal medicine without its tradition is nothing. Over the last four decades, you've seen some change, and I guess yep, particularly yep. attitude change towards yep, yep, herbal medicine yep, from yep. The, the almost hippie days to, yes. to where we are now. Don't knock those days. They were great days, mate. I'm just they paint. were great days. <laughs> they were free. Myself with my long hair and <laughs> beads and, uh, That's and cooperative <laughs> up at Grafton. They were good days. Now, the beads, I can believe. I can believe. The 
long hair, not so much. But uh, the... well, it was there once. It was there once, Mark. <laughs> so we all have it once. Uh, but but those attitudes have changed to it being seen as this is something out there on the fringe. This is something that those people do to something that is very complimentary. Um, and we just hear by the calls that come in to this program all the time. So, uh, I guess what has caused all of that to change? Oh, look, I think again here um, you could answer that question by saying that um, modern medicine, wonderful as it is, it has been shown nevertheless to have its limitations and does not address all diseases well. And it's been shown that particularly in chronic disease um, there are options outside of the mainstream, that's certainly my opinion, and herbal medicine brings to modern healthcare a lot of options for addressing chronic civilizational type diseases and this is being recognized increasingly uh, by virtue of the fact that people over the last 40 years have warmed to traditional medicine herbal medicine complementary medicine that's its its great indicator and understanding good as modern medicine is no one system of medicine, in my opinion, has all the answers. Herbal medicine brings to modern healthcare a traditional system steeped in history, steeped in, in, in proofs and steeped in efficacy. Uh, and uh, I guess as well, when you've got an ailment, you, you owe it to yourself mm. to look at you know all different options sure. to find out what you can. Sure. I think I've figured out what the graph is, though. As the, as the attitudes have warmed, that has been as a result of the hair, getting rid of the hair and the beads. Do you think so? I think so. Oh, how disappointing. That's a, how that's disappointing. a direct link there. I, I would like to think <laughs> it's people becoming a little bit more, over the last 40 years, a little bit more broad-minded and a little bit more liberal in their thinking, a little bit more understanding of some of the benefits associated with things that up till this point in time we haven't given much credibility to. Heading back to the phone and Eileen at Make Lake Munmora, um, you've got some questions for Dennis in regards to bad back and arthritis. Yes, I do. Hello, how are you? I'm well, how are you? What we, what we might do, Eileen, need to have your radio off in the background, so you've got that on, so if we can get rid of that, and uh, Dennis, maybe you can talk more about your beads and the long hair. Do Would you, you like me to do that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it's been a terrible day with this guy here today. <laughs> what do you think, Eileen? Dennis Stewart would look pretty good in some beads and some long hair. I have actually uh, photographed so. it, which I'm not going I to bring so. in and show you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eileen, I think, I think we're ready for your bad back. Uh, okay. Um, Dennis, Hello. how are you? I'm good, Eileen. Thank you. That's great. Um, I hope no one's listening that I know, but I'm getting married in a few weeks. But you? <laughs> well, you, no, you don't want them it's, at your wedding. It's, it's, it, I mean, I I'll, I'll tell you, it's a wonderful institution. I've been married to my dear wife for 55 years. Wonderful oh, well, institution. Oh, congratulations. Yes, congratulations. It's good to hear. Yes. It's good to hear. Yes. Anyway, so um, I've got a really, really bad back. Yes. Back. I think I've got a prolapsed disc, but I know I've got a lot of arthritis. Yes, yes. And I just need something to just help me with the chronic pain that I'm in. Now, has your doctor prescribed uh, anti-inflammatories for you? Uh, yes, he has, and mm. also uh, Lurica, which doesn't work. Okay. Look, so. I know a little bit about what you're experiencing there because I've just emerged... Uh, from a, a disc problem myself, so I can speak uh, from authority. I, I managed okay. I managed mine um, largely with a combination of mainstream medications plus my own or well, my own uh, recommended supplements. I used a standard uh, anti-inflammatory, 
uh, prescribed by my good GP. Can uh, I ask you which one on well, the phone? Okay, it's, it's no secret. It's I used Indesit, and I know that has uh, limitations to it. I use it cautiously, um, at a minimal dose at that. But what it did was just take away a little bit of the inflammatory activity, and uh, I, I think it helped. I, I was being managed. Uh, by my uh, GP, whom I have great regard for, but at the same time, at the same time, I took uh, Glucosaplex, uh, which is a product, uh, Glucosaplex, P-L-E-X, Glucosaplex. G-L-U-C-O. S-P-L-E-X, that's good enough. Uh, if, you, if you hang on at the end of the program, we'll send you one as a gift to get you started with it. Oh, so you, you mentioned that to the, to the last one. I used uh, Glucosaplex, but interestingly, I also used uh, a product that I mention frequently, uh, the concentrate of curcumin. Now, it, okay. has to, it has to be a concentrate, and your pharmacist or health food store would know what I'm talking about. A concentrate that's dose-related... I use that, and I also used a preparation called Salagesic, which is based on willow bark. Uh, willow bark. And that, that combination, um, I believe it was the combination of those, the blending of the mainstream with support from complementary herbal medicine, I believe has got me out of trouble to the extent that I'm getting around pretty well. Sounds pretty good, Dennis. Anything that gets you out of trouble, that's, I'm happy with that. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Judy, you've got uh, some blood clotting issues for Dennis to deal with this afternoon. I do indeed. Hello, Judy. Hello, Dennis. Um, I'm just curious, uh, Ginkgo, can you take Ginkgo um, if you happen to have a blood clot after surgery in your legs? I think any clotting situation uh, needs to be obviously under medical attention and treatment. And the the uh, the thing with with ginkgo is that it is it it is considered to have some um, how can you call it capacity to interact with conventional anticoagulant medication. Now there is dispute on this, but I have always recommended that patients that are using mainstream anticoagulants uh, and things like that uh, before they take ginkgo, discuss it with their GP. I, I have never seen any um, uh, such reactions, but the literature does hint at it. I would say in your situation, it wouldn't be wise to use the ginkgo without your doctor or specialist giving you the nod. Yes, I mean, like I'm on that um, Aspro a day Correct. as such, you know, and um, and just waiting for the body to sort the clots out. But I realise the benefits of the ginkgo, and I'd love to be able to be taking it. Well, the, 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 if you're taking Aspro, I've never known any of my patients to have trouble um, using ginkgo with Aspro. Uh, and in my opinion, it might be useful, therefore, to talk about uh, using the ginkgo with your doctor. Again, some great advice. And Dennis, lots of calls coming through. We'll see if we can get a few more in before one o'clock. How does that sound? Fair enough, Mark. <laughs> Anything you say. <sighs> Good afternoon, Suzanne at Fullerton Cove. Uh, you've got some questions for Dennis today. Yes, I do. I've developed um, a sore spot behind my knee and a feeling of fluid. Well, I can't see anything visible there, and I was thinking this is how a, sounds a baker's like, cyst. Sounds, sounds, like a, sounds like a baker's cyst. Yes, well, I've read up on the internet. I'm just wondering what I can do to 
stop it advancing. Have you seen your doctor? No, not yet. Okay. But I, this is not the first time that I did see my doctor last time and, and for this swollen leg. What did he say then? Uh, I think I had an ultrasound from memory and they found yeah. nothing. Okay. Look, with, with, with any lump or any cyst that you think, or what you think might be a cyst, it's always well, always well advised to get it looked at or investigated. Now, that might sound very conservative, but over many years I've seen many patients that have come to see me who have neglected to get a condition diagnosed properly and have ended up in trouble. From what you've said, it sounds as though you've got a baker's cyst, and, mm. but you need your doctor to confirm that. If it is a baker's cyst, there is a treatment that, in fact, was passed on to me by a listener years ago, which is something that can be done at home. I will not mention it on radio because many people will attempt to use it uh, in conditions that might not be Baker's cyst. If it is, if it is a Baker's cyst and your, your GP has confirmed that, contact my rooms at Alma Road and we'll forward out to you the little protocol that a patient sent in to me uh, years ago and many others have used it and vouch for its efficacy in helping them address a Baker's cyst but get it looked at first. Now, you mentioned earlier on that uh, the two systems of medicine kind of they work, they're, they're parallel, but can work hand in hand. Do you feel that herbalism can uh, sit quite happily with modern Western medicine as, as a complement to each other? I think it can, so long as, um, like every system of medicine, the practitioners of herbal medicine recognise those conditions for which it is appropriate to be used in conjunction with the mainstream. Now, I gave an incident or gave an example a few moments ago about the way in which, for instance, the herb ginkgo, a good herb um, for many conditions, might in fact uh, be contraindicated or cause a problem if it's prescribed for people who are on pretty heavy uh, anticoagulant medication. So, so long as practitioners of herbal medicine understand where to recommend and where not to recommend, you're on pretty safe ground. Generally speaking, uh, herbs can function well. Uh, that lady, for instance, that rang up earlier in the day with, uh, with that toe infection, there's an indication of where, in my opinion, augmenting the role of the antibiotic with nutritional supplements of a herbal basis, particularly the bioflavonoid rutin, um, uh, using it, uh, as a, as a, a way of working with the um, the medication and recommending uh, the ginkgo to promote improved circulation, that is a good way of seeing how, in my opinion, herbs can work even in addressing infection situations. Look at other situations where uh, people perhaps uh, are being managed, say, for nasty conditions, and to have come out of, say, a cancer procedure and uh, are run down, wiped out. There, I believe, um, herbal medicine has a remarkable role to play uh, as tonic medication in picking people up and certainly working with the patient's immune system. So, in my view, there is room for the two systems to work together so long as, I keep saying this, there is recognition of where not to complement and where to complement. So... On occasion, you would say that maybe um, herbalism can be an alternative, 
and possibly complement, but you've just got to be careful that you get that mix right. Now, you use the term there, alternative, and I think it's a good term because whilst I've always had reservations about that term, mm. uh, and in the early days, what you might say in my hippie days, and I'll put a question mark beside that, of course. I'm a, I didn't say that. I'm, you I'm said a that. respectable person, mate. All I but, did, now hang on a minute, all I did, Dennis, was repeat what oh, you said. Oh, yeah, okay. But I, in the old days, put it that way, it was popular to refer to herbal medicine as alternative medicine, and I've always questioned that. But there are situations where I would argue uh, that herbal medicine may be an alternative to mainstream medication. Uh, I'll give you a good example. In many skin conditions, I would argue that uh, preparations, uh, licorice-based preparations such as glycrotinic acid coming in a cream uh, known as the GA cream, that preparation can, in my opinion, function as an alternative to using steroid creams. Now, I know that'll be challenged, but if those that challenge it look at the chemistry of glycrotidic acid or glycorrhizin, the extract of licorice, they would understand why I would contend that there are situations when herbal medicine, a softer option, can function as an alternative. Now, I don't say in all situations, probably most of it, they, it would function as a complement. But there are some situations, and I see it all the time, Mark, where mm. nothing else is working. Nothing else is working. Gentleman saw me yesterday with a chronic condition that has required him to be on and off antibiotics virtually forever. That gentleman, in using herbal medicine, has not had any need to use an antibiotic for, for nearly seven months, and that is unprecedented in his medical history. I can't mention his condition. I certainly wouldn't mention his name. Sure. What I'm saying there is, here is where sensible modern herbal medicine in seeking to work with this man's history of infection has provided an option that is seemingly working well and lessening his need to use the antibiotic. He may need to use an antibiotic, probably will, but the good point is... He's not using it. He's not developing sensitivity to it. The herbs are functioning in this situation as an alternative for the time being in lessening this chronic recurring respiratory infection. Our last call for today, uh, Ian from Cameron Park. You've got some questions for Dennis. Yes, I do. Hi, Dennis. How are you doing? I'm very well, Ian. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, mate. Good. Um, Dennis, I've believe I've got a problem with my right foot, my heel. Right. Um, I think I've got plantar fasciitis. Okay. Um, my now, wife's a nurse and she actually has had the same thing. Okay. Have you seen, um, have you seen a podiatrist? No I, don't, no, I haven't, no. Okay. No. Look, I have great regard for podiatrists. I see my podiatrist at least every three months. Um, mm -hmm. I'd get him to check it out, or your GP. But if yep. it is, and if it is characterised by what we loosely refer to as spurs, there, yeah. are, two, there are two minerals known as celloids, which right. which have wonderfully helped me, and, and this has been vouched for by numerous listeners over the years. Two yep. celloids, uh, sodium phosphate mm -hmm. and silica. Now these sodium are... Sodium phosphate and silica. silica. And they come yep. with the code names S79 and yep. S SP96. Now, I know that sounds very esoteric and very secretive. It really isn't. <laughs> that is just 
um, the way in which those herbs, or not herbs, minerals have been prescribed professionally right. in that system mm -hmm. over many years. Celloids, SP96, S79, a chronic use of those has helped many of my clients over many years get rid of at least the spur factor. But see your podiatrist first up. Dennis, uh, not a bad way to wrap up this afternoon. Thank you for your Wonderful. input. You notice that gentleman had a Scottish accent? Uh, I did. If we had uh, more time... Tell you what, he's a clansman like you. Kith and Ken, we pick up on each other. <laughs> I wonder if he's got some royal blood in him too, you Dennis. never know. You never know. You never know. You know, you know you call know us back. Yeah, well, anyway, go on with it. No doubt it's about done. it. It's done. Been a great program, listeners. He's... He's, he's stirred it up today. Look, well, Dennis, you'll be back next week. Have a great I afternoon. Don't know. Who's taking the program? Um, I think Jane's back next week. <laughs> I'll be back. Well. All righty. Thank you, Dennis.